1: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
2: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Let's do a little bit of an email show with CFP Chad Burch day big event coming up September 21st. A Saturday event. Very rare Saturday event. Two events, in fact, in San Jose. Great location, great parking, easy to get to. A lot of cultural stuff to do before, lots of cultural stuff to do after. I really enjoy downtown San Jose. Saturday, September 21st. The first event's going to be from 9.30 to 11 at the Rotary Summit Center. It's $25. It's going to be kind of tied towards investing beyond the 401k. Um, investment roles, building wealth into your forties and fifties, some of the magic numbers that exist backdoor Roth. Good idea. Very, very good idea. If you can do it, active versus passive investing and much, much more investing in real estate. You want to go out and own a duplex? There's some rules to it. Other people's money. I get it. Um, but in the afternoon, there's gonna be a second event. You can learn more about either or event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. The second event is retirement income and tax planning. Um this is the big CFP Chad Burton event, minimizing your retirement income taxes, managing your IRA's good and bad products, selecting optimal social security strategies, protecting your state from long-term care costs. Long-term care costs. People can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and you use that score, um uh Radio twenty-five to get in for free. Radio twenty-five. I don't know why I said score. So Chad. Quick question for you. Um, let's start. And this is a little off topic, but it goes to show you that this is a real story. Last week, I had to take a day off to take a friend up to get his mother because she's suffering a little dementia and the father tried to commit suicide. Now, he's been out of his coma and he's now been moved to a psych ward. That's going to be a lot of health care costs is the way I'm thinking about it. And I don't even think the family's thinking about it like that. But that's one of those issues that you never see coming. And yet it's quite a reality in, in in the world today. And how do you financially plan for, you know, big long-term care events or care events in retirement? Because I don't think this family was ready for that.
3: No. Well, in a situation like that, if you didn't do any planning at all, it becomes a elder law situation okay. where there's certain laws called spousal impoverishment laws or planning where it's it's tough in the situation that you're talking about because you basically have two people that need care, right? You have somebody that's exactly. got dementia, and then somebody that's probably in a potentially a skilled nursing home for life. I don't know. It it it's it's a tough situation. As soon as you get out of a hospital, yeah, um, I think it's you know if you within three days of a thirty day stay. I mean, the, the rules are kind of escaping me right now. The only time that you get some uh, help from Medicare is if you meet certain criteria, and very few people meet that, and then you get a very short period of care. And then after that, long term care, nursing home, skilled nursing facilities, home care, adult daycare, it's all out of your own pocket. Yeah. And so sometimes when people have, you know, barely made it to retirement or, you know, they're really kind of living off a very fixed income. Um, and once spouse goes in, you have to do some shifting of assets legally and some shifting of income legally to protect the spouse at home from going into poverty. Um, now, people have abused that, and they've tried to big, do big asset shifts and, and things like that to protect the heirs from inheriting money and getting somebody on Medi-Cal. That's not legit. That's actually somewhat illegal if you do it the wrong way. Um, so in a situation like that, it's really getting a, an elder care attorney or, or an elder law attorney that specializes in Medi-Cal and going through the situation. You know, if, they're, if they don't have hardly any assets at all and they're both going to need care, they're both basically going to be in a Medi-Cal type of a facility. And it's tough because it's not really an ideal situation.
2: Sounds good. And this is something we're going to be talking about in this second event. Not heavily talking about it because it's a little discouraging and it's a little bit limited on people, but, uh, we're going to be talking about it. People can drop you an email, chad, at newfocusfinancial.com. They can go to the event, uh, sign up for September 21st, Saturday, at newfocusfinancial.com. Um, should I start with the email you sent me about the 401k? Sure. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Email show. i got the CFP, Chad Burton. I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, hi, Chad. Love your radio show, which... It's subjective. My husband and I have had an endless debate. There's a good start. Yeah. My husband and I have had an endless debate over what I consider an unwise move on his part. This is going to be good. We both highly respect your opinion, so only you can help us settle this debate. Please help. Some of the basics. We're both approaching 50 years old with no kid and no house. They're renting. Two, we take standard deductions as we don't have much deductible expenses. Three, we're currently in the 24 to 28% federal tax bracket she's working so if my husband loses his job we'll likely drop to a much lower tax bracket currently we're subject to medicare surtax due to our household income level number 4 when we retire we'll likely be in the 12% federal income tax bracket based on the current tax rates it's unlikely our retirement income will exceed 70k per year and 5 we both have taxable accounts pre-tax retirement accounts such as the 401k and the roth iras in all three categories um, currently, my husband's employer offers both regular 401k and Roth 401k with no matching contribution. My husband opted to contribute 100% to the Roth 401k only. Let's see, my email kind of stopped right there. Let me uh, see if I can find the rest of it for this.
3: Um, it's a long email. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of people struggle with that decision because you have a 401k and almost every single plan out there gives you a couple of options. And one is you put, if you put $1 into the normal side, it goes in, you get a tax break. So you really only miss typically between state and federal, you only maybe miss 70 cents out of your paycheck. The entire dollar goes to work for you, but it's pre-tax. So you don't, you don't have to pay the IRS. So every dollar that goes in, you really only miss 70 cents out of your pay check, essentially. Um, or you take that dollar and you put it into the Roth 401k. Um, you don't get a current tax break, so you actually miss a dollar out of that paycheck. But the entire dollar goes to work in a tax-free account that you will never pay taxes on as long as you wait until you're 59 and a half. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to that. <clears throat> The, the issue is is that you're missing out on that tax savings, so it's a cash flow situation. Um, now, if people are really late in savings, they started savings when they are 40, 45 years old, it's almost always a better idea to go pre-tax and save as much money as you can and take that tax savings and go do a Roth IRA with the tax savings. Because you are behind, and you will likely be at a lower bracket when you retire because you're so far behind. Um, in a situation like this, they've been saving. They're, they're, they've been getting after it. And it, it, this, is, this is one where I think that the answer is a happy medium okay. between the two options. What I like to do is I like to look at the tax return and come up with the exact amount to go... Pre-tax and Roth. So I like doing combinations. If you're younger and you're starting out, and you say you're in your 20s, 30s, put enough money into the 401k in the pre-tax account to get the match, and then everything else into the Roth. I think that's a that's good advice where you're blending two ideas together, and you cannot go wrong because you're saving so darn early, right? There's there's just no mistake you can make there. When you when you get upper income issues, let's say their combined income is you know approaching north of 165,000. Well then they might do enough into the pre-tax side to get from the 24 to the 22% bracket and then the rest in the Roth. Come up with a happy medium or do 50-50 and take that tax savings and open a Roth IRA. So I like both options.
2: Thanks Chad. Um It's kind of like a meat and potatoes versus a souffle versus a French meal. There's a lot of options, but it sounds like they're doing most of them right. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him at the event September 21 in San Jose. Learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
1: We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: So if you didn't hear that last segment, go get Chad or my podcast. You can get Chad's podcast at newfocusfinancial.com. We're promoting the seminar that's coming up September 21st on a Saturday. Lots of information during the commercials, lots of information at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things I said to Chad as we were going to break there was that you could approach a 401k as meat and potatoes, or you could do some fine dining added onto it with little extra perks here and there. And that's where you get into the Roth IRAs and the the mega back doors and things along those lines that they're a little bit more complicated than they sound. they're not complicated more than they sound, but I just don't think a lot of people know about them is the right way of saying that. So, Chad, would you agree with that meat and potatoes approach? That can get you to retirement just by plowing ahead, or you can refine it and maybe get there a little faster.
3: Yeah, and the, well, the reason why a lot of people, Rob, don't know about the mega Roth 401k and backdoor Roth IRAs and things like that is because most of America can barely max out their 401k. Yeah. So it's a smaller percentage of the population that says, okay, I've put $19,000 into my 401k. What do I do next? What are my options? Because when I got into the business, you could put $2,000 into a IRA and 10% into your 401k. And that was it. That was our savings vehicles. So you needed other vehicles outside of that to get to retirement uh, because you get, you got stopped out. A lot of people couldn't even get 10% into their 401k because of what's called tap heavy rules. So you had to go to other types of vehicles like annuities and funds and things like that, you know, 25 years ago when I started doing this. For example, back in back then capital gains are 27%. So annuities were actually decent vehicles for people. And now ninety-nine percent of those are awful. And most people don't need a financial advisor if they do some reading, do some work, until they have you know, 250000 outside of their 401k. Um, so, it's, it's, it's a different world, for sure. So, let's
2: push forward with more emails. I, I like this one a lot, because I'm hearing it a lot. And I'd like to get your opinion on it. It's from Joyce. She says, Hi, Rob. I inherited 1,000 shares of PG&E stock. That's pretty cool to inherit stock. And she goes, Looking at the balance of my account, decreasing... Being that they are in bankruptcy, should I cut my losses and sell this stock before it's worthless? So she's got a preconceived notion already that it's going to be worthless. What's your opinion to Joyce?
3: Well, first of all, what percentage of your overall net worth is it of the portfolio? I don't like in retirement to have a single position to be more than two and a half percent of the total value of a portfolio. So that's number one. If she inherited the stock and it's gone down in value since she's inherited it, um, she has a tax loss that she could potentially use so when if you sell something that's at a loss as long as you don't reinvest it in the same thing within 30 days you have a capital loss and you can use 3,000 against your ordinary income to help reduce taxes so that could you know save her I don't know nine hundred bucks potentially, depending on her tax rate, and then she can use that the rest of the loss to offset any other capital gains from selling stocks real estate business whatever so um, if it's a large portion, I would definitely get out of it and reinvest it in something else that you know is more diversified and still pays a dividend or an increasing dividend. So she'd probably be better off in a mutual fund or an ETF.
2: What makes me nervous is the rules seem to be changing on who's going to be the conservatorship of their bankruptcy and who's not, who's going to say so who's not. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I first moved to California, to be honest, in 2000, we had rolling blackouts. PG and E was a hated company, not the best way to invest. And again, I'm not telling her any advice. I like your advice way better, but, uh, Long story, to history I have with PG&E. Let's get to another email, and people can email me or Chad. Chad is at chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can email me, rob at newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25. This one comes to us from Russell. I have a question regarding which option is best for us now that my son is going to college. Yay, getting your son to college is an accomplishment. Um, Estimated college expenses around 10 k every three months. Wow, that's 40 a year. Um, here are the options student loan number one number two heloc home value is 825 loan is 260 three would be stop investing for retirement and savings between me and my wife we contribute almost 2900 in 401k savings is around 1600 a month which is the best option at this point in
3: time do you think chad you know it's funny because i'm kind of struggling with the same situation personally right i've got one son, second year of college at Texas Tech, you know, in the personal financial planning degree program. Um, and then I've got a junior and a freshman and a child that's almost three and a half. Okay. So I've got three, 529 plans set up. I haven't, I didn't set up one for the, the three year old because the other ones are funded. Right. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, Nick is getting some scholarship money. He, uh, you know, he's working one. himself, you know, yeah, Nick is the oldest so he's he's in college. So currently I've been just cash flowing his needs and then changing the 529 uh you know to over to my youngest. And that's what I've kind of chose to do because it's just working out and he continues to kind of get more and more scholarships because in second year there's in that program there's other options. So your Your situation is if you haven't saved, then you cash flow it yourself. So how do you cash flow it in this case he 's got the heloc, which is home equity line of credit, and um, the issue with that is is that that 's probably no longer a tax deductible loan like it used to be for people because of the changes in rules um, your your equity line of credit, you know unless it was used for the original purchase of that property is not going to be a tax deduction. So that's changed a little bit. Now, he has the option to stop investing for retirement, because if you put money into your 401k, it's a cash flow issue, right? You're, you're missing some money out of your paycheck. Sure. Um, that would never be a good idea if you're going to give up on a match. Okay. Never, ever, ever stop investing in your 401k for any reason at all if it's going to make you give up on a match. And I'm seeing people do that just to purchase their their first home. If you have to stop putting money into your 401k to get the match just to purchase your own home, then you're not ready to purchase that home. You need to save more money for a down payment. Um, So this one is really a budgeting issue. They need to sit down and budget everything out. Uh, because the budget's kind of floating between the first year of college when they're in a dorm versus when they're off campus. Okay. And it might be a little bit of both. So for, they for might, maybe the, yeah. And there's so many scholarships. There's something, there's only like 20, 30% of scholarships that are received versus what's available. It's a hu- I mean, there's apps for this. There's different websites. We'd probably get a guest and do a whole show on that. Um, but they need to budget out what their situation is. So I would not, maybe they stop putting money into the 401k only enough to, to, to maintain the match. Yeah. Then they do some cash flow, they do some student loans as long as they're subsidized where the interest is paid for them while they're in college, and then if they have to, hit the home equity line of credit. But never, ever, ever damage your retirement because the kids can work longer, you can help them later to pay off those student loans versus you ruin your retirement forever. It's a lot easier for a kid to pay off a loan versus you continuing to work when you're 75 years old and your body hurts and you want to be retired.
2: And the sad part about it is there's that human toll that it's our child, a good friend of our family. She sent her daughter to New York University, $100,000 a year to become an actress. Oh, $400,000 to be a waitress is what it comes down to. Anyway, CFP Chad Burton, everyone can meet him the 21st of September in San Jose. Big event. You can drop them an email, chat at newfocusfinancial.com. While you're at newfocusfinancial.com, you can sign up for the event. It's at the Rotary Center in San Jose. Two events, one in the morning on wealth accumulation, one in the afternoon on wealth preservation, essentially. Learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions
1: are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: You've got mail. Two big events coming up. New Focus Financial is hosting on Saturday, September 21st, investing beyond the 401k from 930 to 11 at the Rotary Center in San Jose, a great location, super easy to get to, tons of parking, great little restaurant beneath uh, for breakfast, lots of culture downtown. You can learn more about that event by going to newfocusfinancial.com, and then in the afternoon from one to three, retirement income and tax planning, seats fill up fast. Uh, the second one's already filling up, uh, mo- uh, Buku. <clears throat> Um retirement income and tax planning from one to three. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and it's right around the corner. September 21st Saturday event, which we don't do a lot of. Chad, onward and upward with emails. Um, this one's kind of interesting. Pros and cons of carrying a mortgage. I was like, okay, that's that's gonna be a simple one. It doesn't turn out simple. Bruno wants to know the pros and cons of carrying a mortgage versus paying it off in a future podcast. He wants us to talk about. Here you go. I understand you yourself have a mortgage still, but I assume you could pay it off if you wanted to. I have 3.5% interest on a 400 k mortgage. To me, that's a low number, 3.5%, but could pay it off. My calculation is 3.5% after-tax is 5% pre-tax returns on alternative investments, assuming a 30% tax basis for the Fed and state, which is not uncommon in the Bay Area. I like the way the guy's thinking. He's kind of reverse-engineering his taxes and uh, saying, should I pay it off in or not?
3: This has been a huge change in advice over the last three or four years versus, you know, 25 years ago getting into the business. Because prior to that, the way that interest rates were and the way that the tax returns were is that you could usually take, instead of paying off your mortgage early, you keep the tax deduction of the interest. Okay. Now, that's something you have to look at. you got to look at the amortization schedule because later on in a loan, you're paying mostly principal And there may not be much interest to write off. And so paying it off just as a, "Eh, let's get rid of that cash flow item. But if you look at it and you say, okay, there is a decent amount of interest that I am paying, and that's a tax deduction because I'm itemizing, you could, instead of paying that off, you could save your money, invest it in California tax-free bonds, earn, you know, four, four and a half percent, and you're better off, right? You have a little bit more money after tax. Okay. And um, you have that flexibility where you're you can do what you want with your money instead of socking it into the walls of the house and giving it to the bank early. But lately, interest rates are so low on mortgages at three and a half percent, even jumbo loans at like three seven five, right? Yep. So the interest is much smaller, and a lot of people are no longer itemizing anymore because the standard deduction doubled. So, not only did the standard deduction double, but the amount of your state income taxes plus your property taxes was drastically reduced to $10,000 a year. So, people really need to take a look at their tax return. They need to take a look at their amortization schedule and see, are they truly getting a tax benefit from that mortgage? Now, if you're where's the sources to pay off the mortgage, that's one question, because if you retire and you have a huge IRA and 401k, you can't take the money out of that and pay off your mortgage. You're awesome. going to get creamed in taxes. Absolutely right. murdered. Right. So, or are you going to sell a bunch of stock and pay 20 point, you know, 23.8 in capital gains plus, you know, 10% or more in state income taxes to pay off that mortgage. That's, that's a tough issue. Now, See, so then you've got to look at your portfolio and say, all right, do you have a bunch of cash? If you have a bunch of cash to invest for some reason, let's say you retired and you had to exercise a bunch of stock options um, or you inherited some money, for some reason you're sitting on a bunch of cash that needs to be invested. And you look at your portfolio and you already have plenty of stocks you know even if that cash is sitting in your brokerage account you have 60% more in, or more in stocks and that's already maximum on your risk tolerance yep. so your your choice is that do i take this cash and do i invest it in bonds or CDs or do i pay off the mortgage and if you're you know barely itemizing and it's not much of a difference between taking the standard deduction and itemizing and it's your mortgage interest that's causing you to be able to itemize um, then it 's a tough situation you got to think about medical expenses and other things like that, and how that affects you and charitable donations sure. um, but it's a, a lot of t- there's been a couple cases where you said yeah let 's just pay off that mortgage you 're not getting a tax benefit for it anymore. You have a mortgage, but it's not helping you because you're you're taking the standard deduction now, so rather than invest in bonds at historical low interest rates paying off the mortgage might be a good bet. And Rob, for a lot of people, if you're 65, 70 years old, it makes you feel pretty good. <laughs> right? It, there's, it may not be the maximum use of a dollar, because if you're 40 or 50... I would take that cash and either invest it or buy other real estate. Right. But if you're 65 or 70, you're trying to simplify life and just enjoy things, and you don't want to be a property manager, you don't want to worry about more fluctuation of stocks, then it, it could be a good choice for you. You just have to look at the benefits. And that's what you know. real financial planning is about. Because if you go to somebody that works on commission, they're going to say, never pay off your mortgage. Um, here's the sweet annuity that you should buy. It's got guaranteed income. Sweet. Yeah.
2: My college roommate used to say something hilarious. He would say sweet leaf whenever he liked something. Sweet leaf? And I didn't know what that meant. And was that a like Canadian? Well, now that I've lived in California long enough, I can tell you it's marijuana. So, <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's off topic. He was Mike Tyson. Everyone goes, your roommate was Mike Tyson. He was the heavyweight chain smoker of the world. But <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Totally digressing. I have a question for you. You said bond rates are at record lows. Yeah. Are municipal bond rates at record lows? From what you—oh get- my gosh!
3: After this recent rally in bonds, yes. If you just take a look at the—if you look at some of the California intermediate, you know, lower risk, shorter term bond funds, you're talking about one and a half, two percent yields. Okay. Um, and so, if your mortgage is three and a half, three point seven five, it's 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 a little bit tough to to swallow. So it might it might even be a good time if you're overweight in fixed income because fixed income has had one of the best historical starts in, in market history. It's like one of the top eight. Um, it's not a bad idea to, to, you know, rebalance the portfolio even on the bond side. And so, especially let's say you have 150, 200 left on your, your four or $500,000 mortgage and you've been paying on it so long, you're paying mostly principal, yep. then that's when you kind of get rid of it. Right. So the, the, if you're sub 55 or below, I would not be paying off your mortgage. Because you have so many better options with that extra money. But once you get to be 55, Uh. 60, 65, then it becomes that, okay, let's really sit down with my financial advisor, my CPA. Let's run the scenarios. Let's look at all of the pros and cons of paying it off. Paying it off, the biggest con is that you shove a bunch of money into the walls of your home, right? And you're guaranteed to then lose money at the rate of inflation because it's just gone. You still own the house. The house is going to go up and down in value regardless of whether or not it's paid off. So that's the biggest trade-off with paying off your mortgage is you lose flexibility of opportunities that you can use with that cash. What are the other things that you can do? Um, so it, it's, a, it's definitely something to consider now because, again, rates are so low on bonds yeah. um, that you're talking about safe California munis at the one5 to 2.5% range. Uh, that's not very attractive, right so that it's a big decision now.
2: I like the way you think, and um, there used to be a rule of thumb that you know you don't pay off your mortgage that you keep it on your side of the balance sheet versus the banks it right. was really It was really never explained much further than that. It was just kind of like don't give it to the bank, keep it on your side, but it's opportunities, and where do you where do you sink that money per se? Um let's move forward. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. Big event on the 21st Saturday, two events, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Tons of information at newfocusfinancial.com. You can listen to the commercials as well and um you can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Your event or not your event, you're doing both events with me. The retirement income and tax planning is in the afternoon. I'd call that a wealth preservation, retirement planning and the one in the morning investing beyond the 401k. Um, That's probably the number one question that I get is, what should I do other than max out my 401k? So I think they're good, timely conversations that we'll have. And I think we conduct these as conversations more so than, you know, seminars and take notes and there's a test at the end. Um, Let's push forward. Let's see. This one says, this is a softball for you from Muhammad. I'm a resident of Fremont and need to appointment to see you regarding my IRA, my 401k investments and need your professional advice based on my situation I have a current employer 401k and old employers combined IRAs. So he's collected um, a lot of savings accounts. It looks like a lot of retirement saving accounts. Yep. We don't know his age. We don't know how much. Um, you're a CFP. Um, I guess give both sides of the fence here on you know what he should be doing if he's undersaved or younger or older. I guess.
3: Yeah. Did he? I mean, did he say he's maxing out the, his current 401k? Not said. So let's just assume so. Okay. So, if you assume so, then the next question that you ask if you're maxing out the salary deferral portion of the 401k is you call your HR department or maybe just the 800 number on your 401k statement, and you say, does this plan allow for after-tax contributions, um, for example, Apple, Lockheed Martin, Cisco, Microsoft, Google, IBM, FedEx, Facebook, they all allow after tax contributions into the 401k. And we'll give specific examples on this at the event on Saturday. But what it means is that there's your salary deferral limit that everybody knows about. $19,000 um, is the amount that you can put in either the pre tax or the 401 or Roth 401k side, um, or 25000 if you're going to be 50 by the end of the year. But there's other money types that can go in. There's the employer contributions from match or profit sharing. And then there's also what's called an after-tax contribution. So, between all of those contribution types, the limit is $56,000 or um, $62,000 if you're going to be 50 or older by the end of the year. So, if a plan allows you to put in after-tax contributions, you can get way more than the nineteen grand in. You can sock in an after-tax contribution where it goes into a different account, and inside the plan, it converts to a Roth IRA or the Roth 401k every year, and then turns around and grows tax-free. So we've got clients that are putting 30 grand a year into the Roth side of the 401k and 19 grand a year into the pre-tax side, Rob. Um, so that's the next best step. Okay. And then we can talk, you know, backdoor Roth after that. Let's talk about that.
2: I'm Rob Black. We'll talk about that in just a second. You can sign up for the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of great downloadables. If you don't want to go to the event on the 21st of September at the Rotary Club in San Jose, lots of information at newfocusfinancial.com. Listen to the commercials for more information. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob
1: Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Two big events this, not this, two big events September 21st, Saturday in Fremont. Not in Fremont, in San Jose. <laughs> Keeping everyone on their toes. Whoa, um, Got an email from Fremont, and we're doing an email show, and that's on my head at this point in time. Um, two big events, and you can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com, and I'll say that slowly, newfocusfinancial.com. Two events, one at 930 to 1, 930 to 11, investing me on the 401k, going to hit uh, building wealth in your 40s and 50s. That's the important time, I would say, because you kind of get the 20s out of your way, you get your 30s where you might settle down and make a kid or two, and uh, that's when you really are starting to run tick, 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 tick out of time to get it done so that you have time on your side. Uh, What to do after you max out your 401k, backdoor Roth. We're hitting a lot of these topics in today's emails. In the afternoon, retirement income and tax planning. Tax planning changed a lot with the latest tax reform package of 2017. Uh, Social Security, managing IRAs and 401ks. Right now, Mr. Burton, we're hearing a lot of politicians during, and I'm talking with CFP, Chad Burton, during the debates, talking about free health care. We're talking about forgiving student debt. They're talking basically anything they can to get votes, per se. Um, How much do you focus on the uh, politicians, per se, for financial planning versus the old standard financial rules that you have lived and learned
3: well in terms personally I I would look for voting for people that are fiscally responsible when it makes sense I don't care what side of the aisle it's on it's like there's there's certain issues that need to be dealt with and it's not necessarily maybe my 20 year old's problems or maybe my 3 year old problems because we got social security issues that'll kick in about 2034 um so when it comes to like even house bills that are in play and I get emails all the time, Hey, have you read this house bill, something or other that's going to affect this tax issue? Or I, I don't pay attention to it until it's actually passed. Okay. The reason why is because there's always things, there's always bills in Congress that are dealing with tax issues or changing retirement plan laws. So you could spend your entire day reading proposals. Um, so you have to only deal with what's actual actually known right now. And right now we have a huge tax cut package that is in play and it's in play till 2026 likely. And then, um, a lot of those personal tax cuts I think will probably be repealed or changed. Um, so I mean, there's, there's so many things that could change like this opportunity zone investing and all this other stuff that could turn out to be a disaster potentially. Um, if laws change post 2026,
2: I heard you talking about opportunity zone the other day and I'm like, thank goodness. I don't have to talk about that because it's a lot to consume per se. And um, you know, Capitol Hill does affect me and how I talk about companies like Uber and Lyft. And someone emailed me this week and was asking about what I thought if they become employees for Uber and Lyft versus contractors. And I'm like, I think that's already factored into the stock. If you have that question or do you want me to speculate further on it kind of thing? It's, Wall Street's kind of pretty smart in the world that I'm working with. But anyway, um, digressing again. People could sign up for the event. going to newfocusfinancial.com. Um, it's San Jose, at the Rotary Center, 7th floor. Awesome location. Easy parking. Um, and it's just a good city to visit if you don't visit it all that often. It's worth the drive on the weekend. Um, let's go through another email. I think this one's from Robert. And we've got a couple minutes left. I'm 34 years old. I have an IRA set up through a previous employer that has about $8,000. So he's on the young side. Not wanting to pay penalties, I rolled over the amount to be handled by my local credit union. That can be kind of dangerous. Good idea, but kind of dangerous. It's since been sitting for about four years and has gained small but steady appreciation. I get an offer email from TD Ameritrade mentioning I could roll my IRA over to have more control. The benefit to them is obvious, but what would the benefit to my retirement fund? Enough of a warrant to do the rollover? What are your thoughts on this one?
3: Well, I think a credit union is a horrible idea. <laughs> First of all, I think that's, like, that's, that's way down low on the list. Because if you've gone to a credit union to open an investment account, you're either putting it into some sort of a CD, okay. which is going to go really nowhere for you, especially if you're young. Or you're using the brokerage side of the credit union, where they're just you know dishing out either loaded mutual funds or high-fee wrap products meant to kind of look like a fee-only account. And when you're starting out, what you should do is learn about no-load mutual funds. So, the best the best bet, typically, for a younger person that's trying to get their, their IRA to work is, number one, more than likely, you should just roll it into your new 401k plan and get it consolidated um, so that you can see everything in one place and you're only managing one account. And that way, if you're making a lot of money you could also do backdoor Roth IRAs and other things like that. So consolidation I'm a big fan of especially for younger people. But if you can't for some reason roll it into your new 401k, take that IRA, look at either directly into a no-load mutual fund through like Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, one of those companies. You could open a brokerage account IRA at TD or Fidelity or Schwab where you can buy a commission-free ETF. Um, or you can use one of the robo advisors that are out there, so that the portfolio is kind of just automatically changed for you, and that's fine for your first, you know, hundred thousand dollars, maybe even two fifty, um, because you're really not going to get good uh, fiduciary, you know, no uh, biased advice, I guess, until you can have until you get two fifty to five hundred thousand to work with a good certified financial planner.
2: And I'm clearly tooting your horn and my horn when I say this. There's a big difference between a bank and a credit union versus a certified financial planner. A lot of the employees who I like at banks and and, um, credit unions, they're just young. It's their first job, and they're doing exactly what the manual tells them to do. So it's not, not a lot of personalization. We've got about a minute. You want to plug the seminar for us?
3: Yeah, Well, and and by the way, CFPs can still work there, right? It's just a matter of, are you a CFP and are you a fiduciary and fee only? you got to kind of check all those three boxes. So, the the event on Saturday is going to be, after you max out your 401k, what do you do next? It depends on your goals. Is one of your goals to invest in real estate eventually? Or is it tax-free growth or throth IRAs? Or is it a combination of all of them so you have a lot of flexibility as you build your financial base? So, you can kind of essentially do anything. Um and, and get to that point of I'm gonna retire and live off of the income from my stocks, dividends, uh real estate, business, whatever it may be. I mean we're gonna we're gonna get really in-depth into kind of the second phase of money.
2: We'll be talking about this and more. People could sign up for the events at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code Radio25. There's two events in San Jose Saturday, September twenty one